and welcome into Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. I'm Jack Heim alongside Mitchell Smedley, this standalone hour on this Friday morning. Yes, we did have to change up times. We are so sorry to do this to you, but we promise this is the last time uh, that we're going to have to change up uh, timing for this semester's show. Uh, it is Mondays, 5 to 7 p.m., and now Fridays, 10 to 11 in the morning. Um, it's just work. What works best for us this semester? Uh, I realized I had a bit of a late change. Uh, it's all my fault, honestly. I scheduled the show, not knowing that I had a um, problem coming up a little bit later in the semester. But this is the official times: five to seven on Mondays, ten to eleven on Fridays. Um, so this standalone hour, and this is the time of year, man, where you, where you kind of hit a wall in sports content. I mean, little have, bit, yeah. You know, you have, you have MLB coming up and, and everything that surrounds that. It's so exciting. Um, you have hockey in full swing, college basketball, a little bit of NBA, but, I mean, that that's kind of it. NFL's come and gone. Um, football pretty much altogether has come and gone uh, with now college and the NFL being done uh, until the late summer where college returns and in September the NFL will be back. But, um, yeah, baseball is getting ready to get spring training games underway a week from tomorrow. Spring training games start for both of our teams. That's exciting. But officially, spring training games start Thursday uh, the 22nd. So less than a week away from spring training games getting underway with the Dodgers and Padres. Uh, again, set to kick it off. We'll be excited to see which of the new stars the Dodgers have landed. We'll see in that first spring training game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, how are we doing first off? Uh, we're all right. We're all right. We have uh, kicked the allergies to the curb, and uh, yeah, just been blowing my nose a lot this week. That's about it. Yeah, all there is to it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is that sort of that sort of wall, right? There's, uh, like you said, hockey. I've been watching the Flyers. So funny story. I was actually watching the Flyers last night, and. Uh, was watching them just get outmatched for a period and a half. But I was also really tired. So I accidentally fell asleep while watching the game. Uh, I fell asleep when it was 3-1 to one, uh, Montreal. Or no, we were playing Toronto. That would be impossible. So 3-1 uh, to one, Toronto. And uh, I woke up and it was 3-3. Three to three, And they were just dropping the puck for overtime. And then uh, I watched, you know, the Flyers not even touch the puck. And, uh, and they lost. They lost. So when I'm awake, the Flyers are terrible. That is what we figured out today. Yeah, um, but no, we're uh, we're all right. I, I'm really in a baseball state of mind. I really feel like the Phillies are going to make a move during spring training, like a considerable move, not just a Spencer Turnbull or a Michael Rucker. Um, something to actually get excited about. Um, I don't know. I've put the Eagles fully in my rear view. Uh, the annoying part about this time of year, though, is it's all my sports. Headlines, all the sports apps on my phone just keep pushing all these stupid headlines where they just have to make content and fill time. It's like the top 30 of this, the top 10 of that. Like it's just a bunch of countdown lists about things that have already happened or things they project to happen. There's just no fun news to talk about, you know. There's nothing fun going on. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, Orioles, let, let's talk a little bit of MLB first. Orioles in a little bit of trouble in terms of pitching. You thought this rotation was kind of ironed out, uh, but it came out yesterday. Kyle Bradish, uh, who was a big part of their rotation last year, out for the beginning of the 2024 campaign due to a right UCL strain. 
um, per John Heyman. So now the Orioles are back in business seeking some more starting pitching as Bradish was aligned to be their number two starter right behind Corbin Burns at the top end of this rotation. O's back in the market. Do they go all in on one of the two remaining star-free agents in, in Snell or Montgomery? Do they make a trade? Um, that is to be determined, but... It is reported that the Orioles are right back in the mix looking for some starting pitching help. Well, this has been the Boris plan all along is to play the long game if you don't get the deals you want and have his uh, – he's got the big four clients still out there. Uh, you know, there's injuries every year in spring training, unfortunately. It's the nature of sports, and there's going to be pitchers that, that get dinged up, and that pushes teams more into the buying market. And it pushes the price tag up. Uh, and even if it's not that team that eventually ends up with that pitcher, uh, you know, other teams have to outbid that team. So this has been Scott's plan all along. And uh, you're starting to see it unfold with the Orioles back into the pitching market. Yeah, we, we will see. And again, it's not a guarantee that either one of those guys ends up going to Baltimore. Not at all. No. Um, but it is an important note that a prominent contender is looking to get some. I would believe, higher-end starting pitching to replace uh, the guy that they just lost. Yep. So that is an interesting note. Um, did you see the uh, MLB jersey controversy for this year? I saw that people were upset. I did not care. So players are upset. Fans are upset. And understandably so. I mean, the quality of the jerseys looks way below what we're used to seeing. They shrunk the nameplate. The logo isn't even centered. The MLB logo isn't even centered on the back of the jersey anymore. Um, which is just weird. Is there an MLB logo on the back? Yeah. Where at? Like the, up by the tag? Yeah, up oh, by the, okay. yeah, above the collar. Yeah. So right you. at the top. Um, yeah, it, it just looks a lot more cheap looking. A lot of players have come out and said they don't like how it looks, they don't like how it feels, um, and et cetera, with, with comments come from all over the league, um, from a variety of different teams. Uh, but... Yeah, and I understand it, man. It just looks worse. It's not pleasing to the eye to see, you know, when you buy the jersey, yes, you're buying it for the team, but you're specifically also looking for the player's name on the back of it, and you don't want that to just get shrunk um, for for, <laughs> for no good reason. Um, so, I mean, I know me personally, I'm probably not going to be touching authentic, um, you know, merchandise, at least for this year. Yeah, agreed. Um, but, I mean, well, why why would you when you can just get, you know, uh, a replica knockoff off that of looks some better. cheap website that looks the same quality or maybe even better. So, yeah, it is. It's it's crazy, but it's the world we live in. Exciting jersey news for both of our teams. We're getting the City Connect jersey this year. Yeah, buddy. Um, so the Phillies better not go with that gradient blue with a little bit of yellow. That was yeah. so stupid. So Mets, the Mets have surprisingly not had any leaks of it yet. So I'm still in the dark and what they're going to try to do there. Um, I really hope it's an all orange uniform. I would love to see that. Um, so I actually, growing up, thought that thought that's what the Mets wore because uh, I wouldn't like look at my TV. A because yeah. I was young. B because I didn't really watch baseball all that much, especially if it wasn't the Phillies. And C, I'm blind. So uh, I we played uh, little league baseball, and my team last year I ever played, um, I was on the Mets, and we won the World Series, and. Uh, our jerseys were like all orange with white lettering. 
what, what numbers and stuff. Yeah, all orange with white. Why? I just I thought that's what the Mets wore. <laughs> the, the Mets never had a uniform like that. I don't that's... think ever in the history of the franchise. So I I'm confused. Like, do they wear orange? Like, is no. that a thing? No, orange is like the secondary color of every uniform. Pretty oh, much. like it's you know we wear white with um, the orange around the lettering or blue with the same thing like orange is never the primary color of any uniform interesting well yeah. it should be because I, I, I would like that i thought it went pretty hard man not gonna lie yeah i mean i i, I can't you know it looked like one of those uh what did you call those popsicles the, the orange with the vanilla inside is that yeah what it is? creamsicle, creamsicle yeah yep. the orange creamsicle yeah man. i felt like i was a creamsicle wearing so, that jersey. the buccaneers used to have creamsicle type jerseys really so, yep huh. yeah back in the day when my when you know is that what the orioles wear no, 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 they're, they're more like a yeah, it's like a darker orange. Oh, okay. So yeah, I got you. Because like, the creamsicle orange is like a very light orange. Okay. So yeah, um, I was number ten by the way. I don't know what Met yeah. was number ten. Oh, uh, last Met to wear ten. I made the uh, I made the All Star game because of uh, my batting average and I my speed. I, I was the Johan Rojas of that uh, of that league. Okay, I batted like. Four or five hundred, something like, you know, like that, like probably five hundred, and uh, I had a ton of infield hits because I would hit it like to third base, and I was just so fast, I would just get to first before they could even like throw it over. So I was Johan Rojas. So all the hate that uh, Johan Rojas gets, maybe that's me internalizing my hate for myself. I was Eduardo Escobar. I was going to say that technically Ronnie Mauricio wore it after he got traded, but the last meant to wear it for a longer period Eduardo of time. Eduardo Escobar. Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. Who's the guy that you guys still pay, like, to this day? Bobby Bonilla? Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know why I just thought of him, but. Yeah. Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. I made so. the uh, made the All-Star game. Nice. Congratulations. Fun. Yeah. Uh, we do have a message from the KR Notebook, though. Attention to KU community. Join allies in McFarland Student Union Room 183, the Alumni Auditorium, on Thursday, February 15th. And I realize I'm reading this after this already happened. Well, that's a little bit embarrassing. Um. Attention KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu forward slash KUR. Find live events slash remotes. Read their minors and fill out the form. Our promotional director or any board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message of community interest is brought to you by Radio Voice of Coastal University, KUR. All right, back here, this standalone hour of heavy hitters, Jack I and Mitchell Smedley, talking all things MLB, uh, from injury updates to jersey controversies. Yeah. Uh, and Mitchell Smedley making the All-Star game as a Met? As a who, Met. Who would have thought? <laughs> Won the World Series as a Met. Yeah, there we yeah. go. So, Oh, man. That um, was crazy. That was a crazy year. My buddy Andrew had an inside-the-park three-run home run. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's the most Little League thing I've ever heard. And then, um, well, he actually crushed the ball. Like, it was – he deserved it. Oh, okay. But, uh, like, it went to the wall on, like, a bounce. But um, he came back in the dugout, and all of us – this is back when Uptown Funk was, like, all of the rage. <laughs> oh, my God. We, he came in. He just started singing it. All of us sang the entire song, like, throughout the entire next batter. And our coach was like pounding on like the the chain link fence at the front of the uh, of the dugout. He's like, "Guys, stop! That's not sportsmanship!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's <laughs> crazy. just screaming! Oh, damn! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's good times, man. Good times. Yeah. Um, Commissioner Rob Manfred has announced that he will not 
Uh, he will step down as commissioner I was so after happy when I 2029, so he will serve the next five-year term uh, and be done after that. Thank so, goodness. Celebrate, baseball fans. You get a horrible commissioner out of the building in just five short years. There he goes! See ya! Yeah, everyone's celebrating that news. Yeah. God, he is so awful. So awful is the face of baseball. He's terrible. Like, I don't know. Like, Roger Goodell is bad, but, like, not as bad as, as Rob Manfred. No, I think Rob Manfred's... Adam Silver might be worse. No, nah, eh, maybe. I don't know. Who is the NHL? Gary Bettman. Okay, that's good that I don't know his name. That means he's fine. Um, Yeah, Rob Manfred. Not my guy. No, not at all. Um... Liam Hendricks uh, is looking to make an MLB comeback and sign. Uh, he obviously dealt with uh, with cancer and overcame that, which was incredible. Uh, but yeah, also currently Three. rehabbing after undergoing after undergoing Tommy John surgery on August second. Um, that'll, that'll put a damper on things. Yeah, but we will see. I mean, he was incredible from really 2019 to 2022, uh, splitting time with the A's and White Sox in that span. Recorded a 2.26 ERA and 114 saves. Uh, to the Australian native closer. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see if he lands with the team and could be an interesting, you know, comeback type of story later on in his career. Yeah. You see the Phillies signed uh, David Buchanan to a minor league contract? Didn't see that. I don't even know who that is, dude. He's, who, uh, who is David Buchanan? Very old. I think I got the name right. Very old. So, very old player. I don't know who that is. Uh, Phillies news, though. Speaking of the Phillies, uh, Zach Wheeler and the Phillies are talking an extension. They've already signed Nola to an extension this offseason, uh, but they've entered contract extension talks with their ace, Zach Wheeler, early in the process, uh, and he hopes that a deal can be completed by the end of spring training. Yeah, he's going to be getting, like, Scherzer money, like that sort of thing. Uh, by the way, the Zach Wheeler contract that the Phillies signed up to after coming over here from the Mets has to be like one of the great contracts in sports. He's been an ace level pitcher I don't want to talk in the about MLB, that. and they got him for five years. What a hundred and fifteen million dollars? Yeah, hundred eighteen million. Hundred eighteen million dollars. Meanwhile, rather, the Mets rather not talk shelled out like eighty six million dollars over two years. I don't want to talk lesser about pitchers. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to talk about it's it. It's been amazing. At least you got the prospect return from those two guys. Get out of here, Verlander and Scherzer. Goodbye. Yeah, you got the prospects. prospects. Nice give, job, give buddy. The prospects. I'll take that. We got Zach Wheeler. So we don't need prospects. You know what you're still missing though? Uh, Andrew Painter. No, it's no player. Oh, still missing. Wait, 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 wait. What am I still missing? Um, As an organization, I don't know. Yeah, that hardware, the trophy. We have one. No, much I meant more with recent this than crew. you. I don't care. It's more recent than yours. It's like it's three decades more recent than so. yours. Oh my goodness! We also have a more recent appearance in the World Series. So we've I'm also made, saying with this crew, we've made two postseasons in a row. So we've had two magic. That's, that's really not runs. a gloat. Two postseasons in a row. That's not like a, we've only made the postseason sixteen times. That's not good. You know what's weird? You know what I just did the math on the other day. So the Phillies have made this uh, the playoffs sixteen times. I was at the Michael Lorenzen no-hitter, which was the 14th in Philly's history. They almost have as many no-hitters as playoff appearances. That's weird. That's so awful. The Mets only have two. And then add in, like, perfect games. Like, I think there's two perfect games in Philly's history. Roy Halladay and, uh, oh, who did the Father's Day one? Why can't I think of him? Oh, my goodness, I should know this. I'm not. 
I, I don't know. Threw a perfect game on Father's Day. So. Um. Anyway, yeah, there's only been two no-hitters in Mets history. Wow. And one of them came against the Phillies. I bet. A uh, combined no-hitter. Yeah, That's combined so no-hitter. pathetic. So, Combined no-hitter. Get out of here. Tyler McGill to, uh, what was it, Drew Smith? I try to remember all five guys who appeared in that game. I think it was, let's see, Tyler McGill, Drew Smith, Joely Rodriguez. Was that in the same series as the 7-1 to comeback? No, 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 no. That was the no hitter happened in New York. It was only a month apart. Yeah, it was not that, that far was, apart. That was oh man, we owned you guys that year. Too bad it didn't matter because we lost in the wild card. But owned us both years really. That regular season was magical, absolutely magical. So I, I wouldn't be. I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited for the season. I, I'm interested to see what it holds. Uh, but you're in like the 2018 Phillies range. 2019, uh, kind of. They were a little bit, like, like very, very slightly above that. Oh, I disagree. Of... You guys couldn't even make the playoffs that year. Playoff? Uh, we were in first place in the division in, like, August. So. Oh, but then, who cares about first place yeah, in August? And then the Phillies did their patented collapse. It's what they do. That was the year we had Bryce Harper. And the only reason, by the way, we didn't... Uh, put together a more tremendous postseason was because McCutcheon got hurt. Uh, after that, it was all downhill. So, But the Phillies, I love mean... Love Andrew McCutcheon, by the way. He's a great player. Love Andrew McCutcheon. But that's yeah. the year we got Harper, McCutcheon, Segura, and Real Muto all in the same offseason. It was like a whole new lineup. Yeah. And then McCutcheon, like... Dude, tell me why, like, two out of the last... Like, two out of, like, four years from 19 to 22, uh, two different Phillies... Started off the season with a home run. McCutcheon did it, and then Schwarber did it. Kind of crazy. So I saw a video First like that. Ten Phillies like ten longest home runs over the past like couple seasons. I think it was. I don't yeah. know. I was like Harper and Schwarber for all of them. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that's just what it is. Uh, oh no, longest Phillies home runs in the Statcast era. That's it. That uh, was the video. And they've just and it's been overtaken. It was like the list. Eight out of the ten were Harper and Schwarber. I think Michael Franco in Colorado was one of the others. Michael Franco in Colorado. Yeah, he hit one like four hundred seventy-five feet. Was Howard's five hundred five mm. in the Statcast? No, it was. I think Statcast started in twenty fifteen. Oh wow, that's so. much. I thought Statcast was like oh six. Nah, dude, that's like new age. Of? So, um. Who was the other guy that wasn't Harper or Schwarber? Let me see if I can guess this. Uh, I'm trying to remember the video. I feel like Brad Miller's had some bombs. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of them happened in Colorado. In Colorado? Like Harper hit one in Colorado. Schwarber, Franco. Schwarber hit a third decker in Colorado. There was a third. There was one at home against Colorado that happened. I think Harper did one in Colorado and at home against Colorado. Wow. Yeah. No, uh, Harper had a bomb uh, home against Colorado. Went over, like, the camera well onto Ashburn Alley out in center field. Thing was crushed. That was 2019. That was the summer. Um, Oh, man. I I remember where I was for that home run, too. And uh, Jimmy Rollins was on the call, like, in the booth. And as Tom McCarthy's like... That ball's crushed back towards center field. And, like, the whole time, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, J-Roll's in the background going, oh, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, I love Jimmy Rollins. Yeah. There was another. There was a Brad Miller home run. Uh, or, no, I think it was a Mike Franco home run. 
and he's like uh, talking about, you know, you know, Johnny, I want to see, uh, I want to see like a little, a little filet mignon pitch right here. Yeah, get some of that truffle butter, right? Truffle, and then he crushes it, right? It's going right center field, and as it's in the air, as he hits it, Rollins just goes, "Oh, he got him a slice." <laughs> oh my! <laughs> we got to take a break. We do. We got to go to our oh, first man. break. So we will step aside when we come back and every hitters more MLB discussion. I'll ask you one more Philly related question and we'll see what else we got around the league. As uh, pitchers and catchers have already reported, we are officially in baseball mood. Full uh full blown for me. I mean it's just baseball and college basketball for me. I, that's that's my two tracks of mine in the sports world right now. But we'll step aside. We'll be back momentarily here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KR Kutztown. Welcome back in. It's Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim talking all things the wide world of boring old sports right now. Um, I I have a headline from CBS Sports uh, showing you just how uh, boring it is right now. So our main sports on this show, Jack, I'd say uh, NFL, college football, NHL, MLB. That's mostly what we talk about, college hoops. Um, and I don't know if you have the CBS Sports app, but it sends me like a daily newsletter mm-hmm. in the morning. Like, here's your morning newsletter. Like, and it just lists like the top three headlines right now in sports. And the top three headlines involve the WNBA, golf, and soccer. Those are the top things going on in sports right now, Jack. It's kind of a drag. <laughs> yeah. And, and no shade towards... Towards those sports, those just aren't typically what we talk about. So it's like, what do we do? What do we do? So, um, speaking of basketball and women's basketball, Caitlin Clark at Iowa broke the all-time scoring record. Uh, yeah, congratulations uh, to her. That so, was all over last night. Yeah, hit a logo three to break Kelsey Plum's record, who went to Washington. Caitlin Clark stands alone as the all-time leading scorer. Uh, in women's in collegiate women's basketball, how many points? Oh, I think three thousand five hundred something. Let me see. Let's see how many she has. It's Just good... getting that pulled up. Of course, it was like a logo three too, because like what does that mean? Logo three. You know, so every like basketball floor is a logo in the middle. Oh, like a half stretches. court shot thing. Yeah. Oh like, my goodness. Yeah, like a thirty-five foot three pointer was insane. Wow. Doing it in style. Yeah. In grand style. Yep, yeah. 3,527. 3527! Clark stands alone. So nice. Awesome stuff. Caitlin Clark. Yes. So that is notable. Um back to MLB though. Blue Jays add uh, Eduardo Escobar to bolster bolster some infield depth there. Eduardo Escobar? Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. How about that? That's awesome. The dream is still alive. <laughs> That's oh funny. My goodness. You want to hear a funnier story about that? What? So that was sixth grade. Uh, eighth grade, I don't know why, but I kept that jersey as like a shirt that I would just wear. I was weird. I still am weird. And um, I was in Spanish, right? I took a Spanish class. Mm-hmm. And we had to do an assignment about like finding a favorite um, like Latino person and like pretending to be them for like a report, uh, like a like an in class presentation. You had to dress up like them and stuff. These twins in our class did these two hockey players. I forget their names, but like they wore hockey pads into the whole thing, right? Whole thing. So, um, 
I forgot the day of the, uh, I forgot the day of the thing. And I just threw on my old baseball shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing Mets number 10. And I walk in and I'm like, hi, I'm Carlos Ruiz. <laughs> That's the guy I picked. Oh, my goodness. They had parents like come in and watch them all too. When I got home, my mom was like, "You look so stupid talking about a Philly and your Mets jersey. What? What was that?" <laughs> like I forgot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. Uh, um, interesting uh, baseball news that's new to spring training this year. I uh, the spring breakout games. Uh, for those yeah. of you who don't know, uh, it's a new MLB initiative aimed at showcasing the game's young talent during the spring training period. There'll be 16 contests held across Arizona and Florida. Uh, the Reds and Cardinals will play a pair each because of the uneven number of clubs in each state as part of the series. Um, 12 of the 16 games will be played as part of a traditional doubleheader uh, with the Major League Spring Training game that day. But uh, yeah, a lot of that's that should be fun. A lot of the top prospects from each organization going to be squaring off against each other that should be a fun opportunity to see your favorite teams young and upcoming talent through the system yeah i like that so also of note um we're not as far away from actual mlb plays you might think i think opening day for the phils is march 28th i think it is for most teams but uh, i believe the padres and dodgers they play a korea series right before opening day um, for most of the league let us check that out um, I gotta go to the schedule and let me see how things. Let's see how the chips fall, shall we? Uh, but maybe I think that sounds right. I gotta. Why can't I find the schedule? MLB app is just not. I hate. I, I hate a lot of those sports apps. Just saying. MLB is like decent compared to others. Yeah, I do like the MLB app. The NHL part. one's fine. The NFL one is terrible. So, um, where is it? Oh, I know what I have to do here. You have to go to like the stupid team slot. There we go. Nice. Um, yeah, Mets start March 28th, but let me check the Dodgers. Check Los Dodgers. With yeah. their, uh, their souped up pitching staff. Yes. Yeah, they play San Diego for two. Yep. Um, March 20th and March 21st. So we get to see some MLB baseball in uh, just over a month. So six in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> what day of the week? It's a, uh, I think it's a, it's a Wednesday and a Thursday. <laughs> Dodger fans are uh, like, those oh fans are going to be. That's three in the morning. Yeah. They're Western teams. Oh my goodness. If you're staying up to watch those games at three, that's in the morning, their opening day, Jack. You're dedicated. You are. That is their dedicated. opening day. Oh my goodness! The Dodgers come home to play four. Wait a minute. No way. You're you're kidding me. They come back to play three more spring training games. Yes, I know. It's so stupid. Why? I don't know. It's like yeah, we started our season back to spring training. Yeah, and then you start your season with a four game home set against the Cardinals, March twenty eighth. Well, you start your actual like home season in the United States. That is funny. That's weird scheduling. Who do the Padres get after that? The Padres! They're heading to Korea! They get uh, San Fran for four at home. So Gonna go play the Giants! Did they play the Giants seven times in the first, like, two weeks of the season? There's a lot of, of teams like that. Like, there's... 
teams that do like a home and an away series against their one of their division rivals, and it's like we're only going to see them for six more games. So, who uh, what's it called? Who do the Phils open up against? The Atlanta Braves no. for the third time in five years. So we play in Atlanta or in Philly? In Atlanta. Oh, okay. It's been in Philly the other two. So, uh, who's our the, home opener? Let's get the Brew Crew. Let I think it's check. like the Angels or something. Let me see. Angels sounds familiar. No, you're home against the Braves. What? Yep. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah, you have a six go. game homestand to start the year. Oh wow. So Braves and Reds. Oh man, that's kind of tough. I mean, yeah, we just played the Reds in the second series. Or no, that was the third last year. Okay, never mind. So then you get Washington as your first road series. Touchdown, Washington. So you get the Nationals. Yeah, the Natties. Never heard them called that. I'm not sure I want to hear them called that again. That, that actually has a nice ring to it, you know. The Natties. I would disagree. I think this I team is more like of a natty light. <laughs> so, this team is not good. Um, oh man, oh man, oh man. Uh, By any the other way, baseball talk we got? Just a, a quick question: Do you think the Phillies Braves are now the premier rivalry in the East? Um, I mean, with the two playoffs, I guess these last two years, yeah. And the Marlins and Nationals are kind of just like there. Yeah. I mean, Phillies Mets will always have some some bite to it. Yeah, it always has some juice, but it's not really a great rivalry. I'll tell you where Philly is at though. Like just talking to Philly fans, being a Philly fan and like listening to like talk I feel like radio you and all hate that the stuff. More. We do because we've kind of gotten into a complacent era where like where it's like, "Ah, oh, the Mets are never a threat. They always mess it up." We kind of just clown on you guys way too much to to even consider you guys true rivals. Yeah. The Braves are much more competent. Which frustrates so. us. So. Kind of sad. So, I don't, uh, know. I don't think you should completely write off the Mets this year. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series. That's not what I'm saying at all. But yeah, they, I, get they, they'll be, I think they'll be competitive. You want to know something? I had a dream, totally switching topics last night. Talk some NHL. I had a dream two nights ago that uh, Jamie Drysdale scored a hat trick. <laughs> so random. I know. Oh, man. Uh, I was in a long conversation yesterday, talking uh, NHL though, talking Flyers. Do you think the Flyers may end up winning the Cutter Gauthier trade? I mean, Drysdale. I, mean, yeah. I said this when he got You're traded. You're trading an unproven commodity. Who, yeah, you took with the top five draft pick, but I mean, he showed a, a ton of it, talent in the juniors. But he did, but it's a win because the guy never wanted to play for your organization. So I mean, well, I'm saying, but just talent outright. Like Drysdale is a young, uh, really, he's like 21 years old. Shows a lot of promise. He was a first-round pick. Like, yeah. They didn't just get nobody. I no, think yeah. Drysdale could be a, a really crucial piece of the Flyers going forward absolutely. and an extra second-round pick. Yeah, absolutely. He's a young puck movie defenseman. Uh, can be a really great quarterback for the power play. Um, he's been amazing on the power play. He's re- he's really talented. I mean, the Ducks organization, they, they gushed about him coming up. He's one of their brighter young talents. And, you know, some, you, you got to give to get. That That's the world. Of you course. Know, that, that's how trades go. I mean— but, you know, Cutter Gauthier seems like he has a bright future in front of him as long as he – I don't love the way he handled that situation, even as, you know, from a third party. You, you know, know what's hilarious about that, though? What's hilarious about how but, he handled it? He didn't want to go to Philadelphia, so he went to a place far worse than Philadelphia. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's not a lot of pressure to perform in Anaheim. 
So what? It's a terrible team. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... Why wouldn't you want to try and win? So, I don't know. He's a weirdo. Maybe there was a disconnect from the beginning with the with the Flyers and him. He's a weirdo. I think he got a little upset that he didn't get an invite to uh, camp, like, to try to crack the roster right they away. They said they wanted him to play one more year before coming up. So, I don't know. Sorry that we want you to develop. So. <laughs> I'm not agreeing with that. I'm just saying yeah. that's what his thought process was. So, anyways. Um, anyways. Um, any other MLB slash tidbits? I mean, NHL. I mean, Canucks add Phil Kessel's a depth move. I saw that happen. Um, so. Yeah, trade deadline coming up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's talk of uh, trading Lawton and Sean Walker. I mean, I love Scott Lawton, man. The price has to be right. It's got to be a first rounder in my mind. Because otherwise, the Flyers are going to make the playoffs this year. Like, why not keep this intact? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you're tied for second right now. It's not going to say that way because Carolina has three games in hand. And oh. You have 65 points for both of you. Yeah. But who's in, who's in fourth? New Jersey has two games in hand. They're seven points back. Okay, so we're... So as, long as, as long as you guys, third. yeah, as long as the Flyers don't actually absolutely implode, they should be good. Yeah. So, like you said, though, I mean, anything can happen. They're right? doing pretty good, and uh, I don't know why you would uh, sell a bunch of stuff off, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, they're trying to compile. I, here's the thing with the Flyers, at least compared to other teams in this city, I see the plan going forward. The plan is to be. Loaded up with young talent when Matt V. Mitchkoff comes over. Yeah. Which, by the way, him and uh, another flyer prospect and a few other guys sent letters to the Russian Hockey League or whatever. Uh, asking, KHL. Yeah, the KHL asking to be uh, allowed to go to international play sooner. They want out. So. They want out, Jack. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that. What you're seeing it with the uh, with the Japanese league too, and the, and the baseball side of things. A lot of these y- younger, talented guys are coming over a lot sooner. Yeah, you're seeing that there was a guy who declined the uh, NPP draft to go play college ball here in the states. Uh, he, he just committed to Stanford. I forget his name off the top of my head, but you're seeing these younger, international, talented guys from Japan saying, "Yeah, you know what? I don't want to play for my national league as long, or for, for my you know the professional league in my home country as long. I want to go over there." Uh, and play because, you know, A, they're seeing the money they can make, and B, you know, why would you not want to play in the best league, uh, you know, on the face of the earth uh, for your respective sport and go out and compete with the best of the best? Uh, but guy I'm so excited to see come over to the States is Roki Sasaki, uh, pitcher following uh, Yamamoto. I think he, I think Sasaki, he's younger. I think he has a chance to be even better than Yamamoto. So wow. we'll see what deal he can get. I want the Mets to be all in on that. Uh, if, if Roki Sasaki becomes a New York Met uh, when he declares for free agency, I would jump for joy. But again, that's that's I think either I think next year's free agency or maybe the year after. I don't know. Within the next one to two years, I think he'll be coming over to the states. So we'll see. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean this is this is a common trend. People want uh, these international players want to go compete at the highest level and you know get their peak years, especially you know when they're young. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. And you saw, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, Yamamoto comes over, it's 300 mil off the bat. So, yeah, 350. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Well, actually, 325 with a $50 million signing bonus. So, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, but that is going to take us to our last break of today's show. When we come back, we will uh, move on. We'll go a little bit of hybrid, more NHL, uh, and, and some college basketball talk is certainly warranted as we are just about a month away from the final bracket uh, being released. lot to get to there, kind of just the nitty-gritty giving you uh, you know, what's going on this week and how things are kind of shaping up and down for some teams. Who's trending up? Who's trending down? All that and more in these last 20 minutes of Heavy Hitters coming up when we come back. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. Jack Heim alongside Mitchell Smedley, as always, here on this Friday morning, the 10 a.m. hour, um, standalone hour. Uh, so glad to be with you, as always. We'll be talking MLB, minor tidbits there. Some NHL updates, Mitch's Flyers, the Islanders just bring me constant pain. Yeah, so love I'd to see it. rather not talk about that. I mean, they have one of the ugliest records I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> 22, 18, and 13. Like, Ugh. like it's just Ugh. so bad. That is terrible. 13 overtime losses? Like, come on! Including one of the Kraken the other day, 2-1. Ooh. L. So... Not good. Yeah, Islanders are in a not great spot. So what's the uh, what's the path going forward? What can we do? I mean, we have a lot of money tied up. I was going to say. Extended guys... Barzal, extended Horvat. We have Lee under contract for a bit. Um, I, I mean, they're, they're kind of just like a lot of this group is tied in, and you got to just be able to put the touches around it. But I don't see, like, the ceiling is no higher than a wild card team, and, and that's just frustrating as a fan, man. You know, you see a team who goes to back-to-back conference finals and they completely fall off to the point where they're a fringe playoff team. It's just so inconsistent. One night they look like world beaters shellacking the Lightning 6-2. to two, And the next night, you know, you don't get anything out of this group. And, yeah, well, they play a game to overtime, they lose 2-1 to the crack. And it's just like, ugh. It's like, I, don't, I don't understand. I, I really don't. It's just... The most disarrayed group I think I've seen. That must be frustrating for you. Yeah, man, it's certainly something else. So getting ready for the uh, Stadium Series game, though. Oh, um, I forgot the Flyers have one of those. So Islanders and Rangers Sunday, 3 o'clock on ABC <coughs> at MetLife Stadium. So when's the uh, Flyers-Devils? I don't know. Well, let's check. Is it on Sunday? No. Next Sunday, I think. 24th rings a bell. That's Which would not Saturday. be next Sunday. That's yeah. Saturday. <laughs> they play the Rangers. Uh, let's check Sunday. The Penguins they play on Sunday. I don't know. Let's, let's a lot see. of uh, in-division play coming up. Yeah. Well, let's go to the internet. <clears throat> Maybe it's a Thursday. Um, let's see, February, that's tomorrow. What? Yeah. <laughs> February 17th. Wow. Okay. Wow. I didn't see it on there, though. Get ready. <coughs> oh, it's, that's because it's Saturday. I'm yeah, it's right Look at there. It's Sunday. So, yeah, 8 p.m. tomorrow, Devils Flyers in the stadium series. So, there you go. ABC. Nice. Um, and ESPN Plus. ABC? Yep. Do I get ABC? Uh, on my phone. Probably not on my TV. Could probably cast it, though. No, so uh, frustrating enough, the Fios app does not work with my Chromecast. But never fear. 
Uh, we just moved, and uh, we're going back to Xfinity, I think. So I've had enough know. of this Fios malarkey. All right. Mitch's talk about <laughs> coverage for... Uh, yeah. I'm giving all your coverage coverage. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to spend this last time talking a little bit about college basketball yeah, just because we're getting it. closer to... Uh, Closer and closer to the NCAA tournament. Every conference game, man, means that much more, especially for these bubble teams. Uh, even the mid-major squads. You know, Indiana State dropped a tough one to Illinois State in the Missouri Valley Conference uh, during this week, and they were a team who, if they ran the table and they didn't win their conference tournament, could have gotten an at-large. That's a really bad loss, and I think that puts them in the position where if they don't win their conference tournament, they could be on the outside looking in at the end of the day, despite how good of a team the Sycamores have been this year. They were nationally ranked for the first time since Larry Bird came through that program. Um, is you know, it Sycamore like a tree? Yes. How is – I don't care. So Maybe it's their state tree. I don't know. So I was thinking about like what a team would look like if like they actually were their, their namesake. Yeah. Just a bunch of trees, trees on a basketball court. That's not intimidating. No. But the Sycamore trees, I think, are pretty big. Oh, no. <laughs> a lot of big bodies down low. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Anyways, so. sorry. No, you're good. Caught me off guard with that sycamore. Yeah. So there's a lot of weird mascots in college. Stanford's the Cardinal. Just the one. Yeah. Just a singular Cardinal. Yeah, and, and their mascot's like a tree. Wow. So I guess, like, I, I never made fun of the Crimson Tide. Yeah. The mascot's an elephant. An elephant? Yep. What? Yeah. It should be like an ocean. Yeah. Big Al's the elephant. So that's so stupid. Um, let's see. A lot of tigers, a lot of cats. That's that's boring. I'm trying to think of other ones that are like prominent. Jack, the horned frogs of TC. Oh yeah, that's a funny one. What's that coming down the track? Uh, the meme machine in the red and black. Okay, cool. So I was just curious. Um, yeah. I, well, let's do a little bit of bubble talk here and see where these teams are at. Um, so according to Joe Lenardi of ESPN, that's what I'm looking at right now, just because this is updated 9.30 this morning, so it's the latest uh, updated one. Last four buys being the 10 seeds, Butler, Boise State, TCU, and Nebraska. Um, interesting there. Hey, TCU. So a couple of power conference teams there in, in the Big 10 and the Big 12. You have Butler out of the Big East, Boise State kind of clinging on to a bit out of the Mountain West. Um, you have really the, I think Mountain West is a six bid. Uh, let me see what they what he has it as. Yeah, Mountain West is a six bid conference. That is insane for a non power six conference. Uh, but that's where that's where we're at in college basketball, man. The Mountain West is one of the premier conferences this year. A lot of really really good teams out there. San Diego State went on the run to the national championship game last year. Lost to UConn. I, and the Mountain West is a conference that is fully trending up and is in big time ascension mode. Uh, Last four in, Ole Miss, Nevada, Utah, and Gonzaga. That win for the Zags against Kentucky at Rupp Arena, big part of why they were in that position. They were kind of in the first four out, next four out kind of grouping, but that win, that quad one win at Kentucky really vaulted them up into that last four in category to the point where if they don't win the WCC tournament, they could still get in that large with that win. They do have a couple of quad one opportunities. Does Gonzaga coming up down the stretch of the regular season? They play at San Francisco and at St. Mary's. If they can take one of those games, it'll be another big quad one win to their resume for uh, the Bulldogs as we get closer and closer to the NCAA tournament. Um, 
Notable teams that are kind of within striking distance. Cincinnati in the Big 12, despite a not great conference record, uh, they're, they're just competitive. They've been able to get a couple of wins um, in there. I think they're at 4-6 and six in Big 12 play. But if they can snatch a couple of bigger wins, they might vault themselves into the field. They're a team that's like, impossibly. Eh, uh, Seton Hall and Providence out of the Big East. Uh, the Pirates and the Friars there. Uh, we'll see what they can do. Um, in an interesting position is uh, Shaheen Holloway's, that name sounds familiar, the coach of St. Peter's on their Magical March Madness run a couple years back, trying to lead his alma mater to March Madness uh, in the Big East. Providence, um, Kim English's first year coming from George Mason. Friars have been pretty successful despite losing their best player in Bryce Hopkins. Um, so can the Friars squeak into the tournament? Uh, Wake Forest in the ACC, Hunter Salas, uh, Efton Reed, a couple of... Uh, Gonzaga transfers there to the Demon Deacons. Steve Forbes group trying to get to the tournament. They had an opportunity at Duke to get a big quad one win. Couldn't get it. Uh, but they're still right there. You know, very, very close on the outside looking in. But we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU students. Did you know undergraduate research and creativity gives you many of the resources needed to publish and present your work at regional, national, or international levels? To learn more, please visit www.kutsound.edu forward slash UGRC. You can also stay up to date on conferences and publication opportunities by following UGRC on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, rounding out the standalone hour of heavy hitters on this Friday morning, our new time going forward for Fridays, 10 to 11 a.m. Had to make a little bit of a switch up. Um... But yeah, it is great to be here as always. Uh, I'm just going to give you some of the you know bigger highlights from the rest of this projected bracket. One seed line, Purdue, number one overall seed. Their incredible resume. Uh, the Boilermakers trying to you know exercise the demons, if you will, make their first Final Four since the 1980s. Uh, it's been a long time coming for Purdue, but this is a really, really talented team. Better than the team they fielded last year when they lost to Fairleigh Dickinson in the tournament. The biggest upset in the history of March Madness, I would say, even more so than UMBC over Virginia. Uh, the two 16-verse-1s upset. UConn here, deservedly so. Uh, Danny Hurley's Huskies looking to go back-to-back. They have an incredible team led by Donovan Klingon, Alex Caravan, uh, and the likes. Very, very talented group. Out of the Big East are the Huskies of UConn. Uh, rest of the one line, Arizona. The Wildcats are trending back in the right direction. They started off the season really hot, slipped a little bit in the early stages of Pac-12 play, but they've gotten it back together. Looked like the dominant team we saw earlier on in this season. They're at the one line, and of course, Houston, Kelvin Sampson, the work he's done there to put the Cougars on the map as a program uh, has been incredible. They are on the one seed line again, and with the style of play that they do that they have, I think they're a lock to make the Sweet 16 as one. Uh, even I don't really care who they play. They're just so difficult to play against um, that they they should be able to win one, two games pretty handedly in the tournament. So that's kind of what I have on the one line. Um, other notables in the top four seed line range, North Carolina's trending down a little bit. They're at a two, uh, but formerly on that one line, dropped down to a two. Heels have not been playing great uh, in these last couple weeks after that win over Duke. Started to slip a little bit. Home loss against Clemson. They escape with a win at Miami. It has not looked as convincing uh, for Hubert Davis and the Heels. Um, let's see here. Going to the three line, who can I know? Iowa State. I mean, TJ Otzelberger's group is playing really, really well. The Cyclones on the three line. I like where they're looking at right now. Again, Big 12 play is always a gauntlet night in and night out, no matter who you play. 
Uh, but I like Iowa State on that three seed line. Uh, and at the four line, let me let me pinpoint one team here who I can talk about, see who I'm liking at the current stage. Uh, it's Duke, Wisconsin, Creighton, and Illinois. I like Creighton. I Creighton out of the Big East. They're an interesting team. They've been up and down, but that core of Trey Alexander, Baylor Shireman, and Ryan Kalkbrenner, they are very, very dangerous. And uh, the Blue Jays, a threat to go deep in the tournament. I, I think that at the four line currently, um, they're the one I'm liking the most. Duke, I think their ceiling's Elite Eight. Wisconsin's been really trending down. Uh, and Illinois, I just have a hard time trusting the Big Ten uh, based on the sample size we've seen from the past couple of NCAA tournaments. Uh, but Brad Underwood's fighting Illini. Solid group, Terrence Shannon, uh, Coleman Hawkins. They're, they're a good group, but we'll see. Depending on the matchups, they could be an early exit as well. Um, Mitchie, anything you're looking forward to in college basketball? I know you're not a big regular season guy. You, you tune in for the tournament. but Ah... Uh... Just trying to figure out who I'm rooting for. Yeah. Tennessee, I think, has got to be your Tennessee, yeah. Yeah, I'll root Two for Two seed line. They're really good. Dawson, uh, oh my goodness. I like rooting for a local team when everyone's excited. You Don't know. connect. Well, Villain, uh, no. no Nova say. sucks. Nova stinks this year. Penn State's not going to make it. Pitt's not going to make it. I hate Pitt. Um, I don't think any of, like, Lehigh or Lafayette the Patriot League is going to make it. No. Drexel could out of the Coastals as a Pennsylvania team. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm going Tennessee. I'm trying to think that there's not really any Pennsylvania teams that I think are going to be in the tournament this what year. What about you, Penn? Penn? No, they're not good in the Ivy League. Cornell, okay. Princeton, and Yale are all better than them. Gotcha. Um, any I'm missing? I'm trying to think of even Jersey. Seton Hall's on the outside looking in right now, but they could they could squeak in. Rutgers is not good this year at all. Um, no interesting mid-majors, I think, out of Jersey. Princeton's not in the field right now. Uh, I, I think they would not be projected to win the Ivy League. St. Peter's probably won't win their conference. Um, Guess I'm going with the Vowels. Yeah. So they're they're, they're a very exciting team. Dalton Connect, uh, Santiago Vescovi, uh, Zakai Ziegler. The Vols are certainly a very solid team. They have Ziegler? an extra, extra added element offensively this year compared to if you see uh, you know, Rick Barnes' teams yeah. not have that offensive element. That was the problem last year. That's what you talked about. Yeah. Uh, did Always you say Ziegler? Them. Yes, Zakai Ziegler. Like the the German guy from Breaking Bad, um, remember the guy that built the? Oh yeah. yeah, I guess that was uh, that was better call Saul, actually. So yeah, dude, Ziegler's the guy that built the lab. Look at that. So Tennessee is top is sixth in defensive efficiency and fifteenth in adjusted offensive efficiency. Nice. So very solid group this year for the Volunteers. Uh, but that is we're nearing nearing right. End of the show. Final minute. Um, baseball's in full swing. We're back spring training with the pitchers and catchers reporting. A lot to be excited about. We'll see where these big four land uh, free agent-wise. Snell, Montgomery, uh, Chapman, and Bellinger. We'll see if one of or one or maybe multiple land by our next show. It's the Boris Four. Uh, so, yeah, we will see how that transpires. NHL's in full swing. Stadium series with the Flyers and Devils tomorrow night. Islanders, Rangers uh, on Sunday. So, interesting games to look out there. And, of course, college basketball in full swing. Getting ever so closer to the NCAA tournament. Uh, so, so excited for that. Even conference championship weekend's fun to watch. Uh, so regular season winding down pivotal matchups all across the country happening night in and night out. But that's going to do it for this standalone hour of heavy hitters on this Friday morning. Enjoy your weekend uh, of sports or whatever you may be up to. Uh, we'll be back right here Monday, five to seven here on KUR.